When it comes to trying to predict the Green Bay Packers season in 2023, what pieces of information are you likely missing? Warren Sharp from Sharp Football joins me on today's show to preview this team with all sorts of information you may never have even heard of. All of that on today's show. Caught by Watson. You are locked on Packers. He's got great speed. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Christian Watson down the sideline. Locked on podcast network. And he will score. Your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. In the show, for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. And we have Warren Sharp on the show today, the architect of Smart Football, which is one of our Sharp Football stats, excuse me. And he is someone who has put together a, a, just a, an absolute wealth of information every season to preview the year. He's someone that we've talked about on this show before, the, the work that he has done. And so I'm really excited to get him on the show today. Without further ado, let's jump in on this interview. Joining me now, uh, Warren Sharp from Sharp Football, the architect of one of the coolest uh, pieces of football data collection that, that I know of. And what is, the, what is the book this year, Warren? 600 pages? <laughs> Yeah, we scaled it down a little bit, but it's still 532. Mm, okay. Uh, you're slacking this year then. Come teams. on. Well, well, the problem was that we got the feedback that it was hard to get through all of those pages before. So uh, we cut it by about like 50 pages. It's still ridiculous. Um, it's still, <laughs> you know, that's why you have to take it in smaller bites. But uh, we've got a nice, you know, whatever, 15-page chapter on the Green Bay Packers, yep. what happened last year, my expectations for them this year. Uh, and I think you guys would enjoy that. Yeah, the the, the Packers section is always must-read. I think, I think people treat it like mock drafts, or at least I know I do. Like the things that I'm hyper-focused on, I'll go look up, and then I'll always go back and go, oh, I, I'm thinking about this. What is... What does the book say about that? So that's something that I, I think can be a great resource for people. And they can they can get that for you, right? Yeah, they can get it. at Just go to the URL sharp.football and you can get your copy there. The other thing that's interesting about the book that I tried to do, uh, we started doing it last year, is I put the days of rest advantage that each team has entering every single game on the first page of their chapter. So you can go to the Packers chapter like during the season. It's not something that you just read and then yeah. you set aside. You can refer back to it throughout the course of the season and you'll see what the betting line was for this game when the odds makers first came out with betting lines back in like May. And then you can also look at how much rest advantage they have, you know, in their week 15 game. And so it definitely does help if you're into betting, you know, during the season to access both of those statistics. But um, I think you'd get a lot of resource out of it uh, before the season for sure. Everyday listeners will remember this. I did a mea culpa last year because I, I talked about the, the, the rest stat last year because the Packers had among the worst rest advantages in the league last year. Might have been the worst. I think it was second worst. Is that right? Yeah. I'd have to yeah. go back and double check it. And I was like, I don't know if this really matters. And then 
by the end of the season, I went, no, this absolutely matters. They looked like a different team after they came back, especially from London. And I will always believe that things could have been a little different for them had they taken the bye post-London and not gone on what I think was a compounding set of negative rest advantage weeks. Can you explain the, the backstory behind why you think this matters? Yeah, so uh, it's been proven to factor into two different elements when we're assessing team performance for the upcoming season. Number one is just overall wins and losses, uh, how you do against what your expectations are. And, you know, excuse me for, you know, focusing a little bit on like the betting side of things, but the, you know, the market sets what a team's projected wins are going to be for an upcoming season. And so then we can go and I have a page in the book. I've also tweeted it out. If you're following me on uh, Twitter at Sharp Football, I've tweeted out like the graphic that shows the net rest edge. Every single game, do you have an edge over your opponent from a rest perspective or are you at a deficit? And then you total those different uh, disparities up over the course of the season and you can figure out what the net rest edge is. We see for the last several years that I've been studying this, Teams that have the best net rest edge, meaning they're getting the most favors done for them, which your buddy Aaron Rodgers in New York with the Jets, they now lead the league. They're tied for the best rest edge of any team in the league this upcoming season. The teams that are in like top five, six of best net rest edge end up going over their win total at a far higher rate than just flipping a coin. And the teams that are at the bottom end of the spectrum Similarly, but the opposite way, go under their win total at a very predictable uh, rate. And so over the course of the last several years, this has been something that's true. So I would encourage people, I think it's on uh, page six of the book, but I've also tweeted it. Look at the net rest edges and that can help from like a season long win total bet. In addition, though, the second factor is on a per game basis, especially later on in the season where rest is more of a priority and it can be more of a detriment. Uh, where are you at relative to your opponent? And we oftentimes see the teams that are, you know, three days, four days, five days rest, like from an ATS perspective, which is against the spread, looking at like what the projections are and expectations are for each team relative to the strength of their opponent, factoring in a little bit for home field. We see the teams that have the rest edge do a little bit better in these games on a per game basis. So it's something to be aware of before the season kicks off. And it's also something to be uh, aware of on a week to week basis during the course of the season. It certainly shouldn't be like the number one deciding factor as to whether or not you place a bet. But I can tell you that there already were several games that I isolated once the schedule was released where I saw net rest. So I saw rest edges for certain teams late in the season that I wanted to attack and the odds makers, you know, they set their lines and they don't really focus on rest disparity between the two teams. But it is something that does show uh, profit year over year. And and so when you look at this team this year, they th- this Packers team has a much more advantageous setup this year rest wise. Yeah, they're actually league average in terms of uh, net rest edge, zero days of net rest edge. So, you know, that's splitting the baby. Uh, Every single team uh, has you eventually sum up and everybody's going to have the same uh, rest edge, which is zero uh, at the end of the day. They are right there at league average. And if I'm looking on like a per game basis, let me flip to uh, your page in the book with net rest edges here. Um, from a uh, pure rest, I've got your top five. Um, 
short week road games, I've got you ninth, and you have uh, three games with a rest disadvantage and five games with a rest advantage. So that's two two games this year more that you will have a rest advantage over your opponent. There aren't many teams that have more than five games with a net rest advantage. So you've got that going for you. Um, you have just as many games where your opponent has more than a week to prepare for you as you do when your opponent has less than a week to prepare for you. So you're neutral in that count. Um, unfortunately, your bye week is negated. So that's not great. What we mean by that is uh, when you have a bye, which you do before playing the Denver Broncos, they also have a bye. So you don't gain that extra edge. You don't lose anything. But it's not as beneficial as if like the Broncos, let's pretend we're playing on the road against the Chargers. And now they have to come to Green Bay and play you. I know you're playing in in uh, uh, in Denver this year. But the good news about the Denver game is it's not the first couple games of the season. And we know those are games that Denver has an extreme advantage playing home games the first two weeks of the year. There's not a single better uh, place to be than in Denver if you're the home team. Uh, because of the elevation and because it's so early in the season and teams take it easy in training camp and most of them aren't ready to be playing in those games. And actually Denver this year, I know we're getting sidetracked, but they play two games for the first time, I think in like eight years, weeks one and two, they're playing at home. So that's a situation to look out for if you're looking at betting some of these games. Um, but overall, I think for the Green Bay Packers, I mean, what is it? You're through the first eight weeks, you have net rest edge in four games and you're at a disadvantage in none. Now we said it's more useful for those to come later on in the season, but I mean, can't argue with having some edges here early in the year. So uh, I'm, I mean, I know we're skipping probably to the end, but like I'm, I'm slightly optimistic in, in what you guys might be able to do as long as love is not uh, a train wreck, which I don't think he's going to be. A lot more here to come on our conversation with Warren Sharp. We will get to that in just a second here Unlocked on Packers. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. That means not having to sift through a bunch of resumes with people who just aren't qualified for the job that you are trying to fill. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize the people you wanna interview and then hire. My mom always said, you have to apply to get interviews, you interviews to get job offers, and then you get job offers to get jobs. Well, it's the same when you are hiring. You have to post the job to get interviews, you interview people to eventually find the right people. Well, you have to get a process that is efficient, that makes sense. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Every day or Sam Munson from Pro Football Focus, a returning guest, friend of the show. He is on with us tomorrow. And then we are live Saturday. After the game, a bonus pod for YouTube subscribers. You'll get your feed on Monday, normal, if you're an audio-only listener. All of that coming up on Locked on Packers. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to be either. One of the, the things that really stood out uh, in, in the, the stat deluge um, uh, in the Packers section was how good this team was throwing it on first down, primarily with Devontae Adams, when you go back and look at 2020 and 2021. And then we thought, okay, no Devontae Adams. Everyone thought, you, you believe, they'd throw it less on first down. That was true. And they were also way less efficient when they did throw on first down. And last year, even with all of that, you look at, you know, so like the the Ben Baldwin running back stats don't matter site. They had it at uh, expected pass rate also below what you would expect, especially for an Aaron Rodgers team. Do you think it's reasonable for them to, to amp that number up a little bit on first down with Jordan Love versus Aaron Rodgers? I think so. Look, they, they leaned into now. You know, you wouldn't expect it like a, a head coach typically is going to say, well, I got a less experienced quarterback. I've got to become even more run heavy. Now, how much of their run rate last year? We hope year that was, doesn't happen. <laughs> you, you hope that doesn't happen this year. You know, how much of what they were doing last year was because of Aaron Rodgers finger and the thought that they needed to lean a little bit more into the run game. I'm not quite sure, but they absolutely had the situations because they weren't winning these games, right? It's not like this team went 11 and six. It's not like this team had 12 or 13 wins. They were in far more close games and yet they were leaning so heavily on the run. Uh, And I indicated that in like 2020, when they led in games more, they were number 14 in pass rate. They were passing the ball 52% of their first downs in the first three quarters. In 2021, number 13 in pass rate. So we're talking like, Early teens in both situations, uh, once again, 52%. Then last year, they dropped down to the fifth most run-heavy team. They were number 28 in pass rate, dropped nearly 10 percentage points from 52% down to 43% pass rate. And the runs were not efficient. The passes were bad, but the runs were even worse. Um, So they need to, like any coach out there thinks that they're protecting their offense by running the football a little bit more. But just in general, an average pass on first down, on average, is still going to be more efficient than a good run. And so you cannot be fifth most run heavy team on first down thinking that's going to protect your quarterback. What it's going to do is force you into more third down situations with a younger, less experienced quarterback. And those are situations that are even harder to overcome. Uh, And we saw even last year, the struggles that you guys had on third down. Yeah. And and I don't know how you can expect Jordan Love to be significantly better on third down than Aaron Rodgers. What I have been saying is what you need to do is avoid third downs. You need to have more first downs off first downs and first downs off second downs. So as you look at this team, I was I've been keeping an eye on the rankings that you mentioned. And I've been like, okay, good offensive line. Good secondary. I was a little surprised that that your writers were as were as uh, happy with the Packers front as they were. Not because I disagree, I I agree, but because I think the the narrative is that they're a little worse than than you guys have them. So I look at that and I go, okay, th- this really does seem like it all is just going to come down to Jordan Love because there's plenty of talent on this team. Is that how you see it? I do. And then you look at the schedule. I mean, I focus a lot on a few things that a lot of people don't focus on because that's how you gain edges. And so if you're just looking at the same thing everybody else does, uh, you're going to be. By the way, our friends at FanDuel are not mad at all about you framing so much of this through through uh, betting lines and those kinds of things. I love it. I love it. So as long as you guys are good with that, that's perfect. But when I look at year over year schedule difference last year, although your rest edge was very difficult, 
you played about middle of the pack schedule in terms of strength of schedule. You played yeah. the 18th toughest schedule. And you look at like the pass defenses, you actually played a little bit easier than average schedule of pass defenses. You played a harder schedule than average of run defenses. Um, and the opposing offenses you played were sort of right in the middle of the road. Like it's hard to really argue. And with strength of schedule, the key thing is, are you like top five or six or bottom five or six? Like whether you're 18th versus 13th or something in the middle there does not matter nearly as much as are you at the edges and the boundaries of this metric. And when I look at your schedule this year, at least what we're projecting, you have the number one easiest schedule of opposing defenses to go up against. You have the number three easiest schedule of opposing run defenses to go up against the number Mm. one easiest schedule of opposing pass defenses to go up against. I'm looking at the teams that you're playing in. Like we look at last year, you played the AFC East and the NFC East. Well, those were two of the three best divisions in football last year. If you just look at total wins that were accumulated, which is not the best metric, but they still were, even if you're looking at other metrics, two of the top divisions in football. Now you're playing the AFC West and the NFC South. So I do believe that both the Chargers and the Broncos will take a little bit of a step forward this season, but I think the Raiders take a significant step backwards and the NFC South naturally without Tom Brady there is going to take step backwards across the board, new quarterbacks in pretty much every situation. Uh, a guy who's starting for it wasn't great with Tom Brady last year. It wasn't, wasn't great with Tom Brady last year. Then you got the Falcons, Desmond Ritter making his first full season starting there. You've got the Panthers with the rookie quarterback. You got a new quarterback and Derek Carr down with the same, and you got a new quarterback with the Bucks, So that's a division, you know, that has a lot of turmoil at the most important position in football. And then you look at the other three teams. I mean, look, the, the, the Rams, who knows what the Rams could be by week nine. Uh, we already are seeing Cooper Cup injured and could be out for a little while. When he'll be back, we're not sure. The Giants are a team that massively overachieved last year. Um, and you do have to play them after taking on the Chiefs. So that's going to be a tough game. But uh, I know you battled with them last season overseas and you have your chance to get out by 10 at halftime. They should have won that game. Should should have won that game. That was another example of the giants winning games late that, and they made a a history of doing this last season that you're not going to be able to bank on that in the upcoming year. So the giants are going to have to start faster or they're going to have problems. Uh, And then, and then the Steelers, which I think Pickett and that team is, 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 fine like as an average team but i actually bet against them to make the playoffs i think the steelers are going to struggle a little bit more than most people expect now are they going to go win only six or seven games probably not uh but i don't love their offense coordinator and you know i think top to bottom your team is in position to be worth a flyer to win the nfc north i mean everybody's hyping up the Chicago bears, all these tickets taking the long shots and the value on the Chicago bears. I think that's tough. One of the reasons that I was so, did you see the note the other day from, from one of the, the odds makers, um, I I forget which book book it was. They said that, that Jordan love is, is, has the most tickets to an MVP right now. No, sorry. Justin Fields. Justin Fields has the most tickets. Yeah. Sorry. Justin. I've seen a little bit of the Justin Fields. Yeah. I've seen a little bit of the Justin Fields hype and um, you know, it's, it's, it's understandable to be excited about a quarterback taking the next step and the fact that he's so dynamic, but and this team still has a lot of work to do. Um, you guys made some big changes that I don't know that all of your, you know, maybe some of your hardcores that listen to this podcast are going to be aware of, but in terms of like the amount of money that you spent last year versus this year and how you're going to have to 
I think this has got to be a great coaching job. You cannot afford to have mistakes from a coaching perspective, offense, defense, scheme-wise, game plan-wise, on a per-week basis, on a play-calling basis. Um, the coaching staff has to have everything buttoned up. You have to do a great job in this camp. I think that's where you're one of the teams that coaching is more important than many other teams in the league this year, in my opinion. And that's because you got a younger roster in some certain, in some key situations like quarterback and receiver, you're going to need stuff out of these guys. If you're going to hope to continue to, you know, move forward here as we enter the Jordan love era. But I, I was I was on the Vikings last year. They should not have won 13 games. They got lucky as hell to do so. No, that was They're going to regress again this season. I think the Lions are the team that everybody's pegging, and certainly they probably deserve to be the team that's favored to win this division. But I see zero value in betting on the Lions to win this division. Uh, I like taking the long shot in the Packers because I think if Jordan Love and the coaching staff, if the coaching staff comes correct, this season, you get more efficient down at the goal line. You pass the ball a little bit more on first down, avoid some more third down situations where play calling becomes a lot more predictable and more difficult for a young quarterback. You execute better down at the goal line. You increase your efficiency. Your, your return game stepped up a ton when Nixon started taking over last season. Um, if you can get some more efficiency and better field position, uh, I just think that this team is uh, in a good situation to shock some people and surprise some people. And I just think it's somewhat insulting. And if I'm a coach, I would you know, use this as a chip on my shoulder that people okay. are pegging the Packers to finish in fourth place in this division just because you lost Aaron Rodgers. Because the way that Aaron Rodgers played last season certainly wasn't the way that uh, like something that is going to take a massive step backwards just because you lost that level of play from last year. We'll get to some final predictions here with Warren Sharp in just a second here on Locked on Packers. August is here, and you know what that means. The official start of fantasy football drafting month. You know people have birthday months? This is fantasy football drafting month, baby. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on underdog fantasy. All you have to do is one live snake draft. No waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every week. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back and even bigger with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 milli to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July. So don't wait around. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with a promo code Locked On to get that first deposit doubled. Straight up doubled up to $100. That's underdog fantasy promo code locked on. So what are you waiting for? Best ball is the best way to play fantasy football. I was out on fantasy football. And you know what? Underdog got me back in. You can do it too. I have been trumpeting that. And I'm so glad that you said that people... I, you know, I get accused of bias because I cover a team and that's fine. And cause I like to tweet, but it, the reality is he was not Aaron Rodgers last year. And so if they get that level of play or slightly better, which is totally reasonable for them to get that from Jordan love, you know, they, they can be a playoff team. I have them. I think they're still plus odds to make the playoffs. I have them at four to one and five to one to win the division. Cause I, I found it somewhere else. And I was like, mm, we're taking that. And then I have Jordan love. I have the passing over on, on yards. Cause it was, it was, something crazy, like 3,200 yards. And I was just like, how, if he plays 15 games, he's going to go over on this. Do you, do you have any 
um, player props with the Packers that you like or dislike? Yeah, I I, I like uh, Christian Watson. I think it, when we took him, it was 750 receiving yards, which was like he's your number one guy. I mean, how could it be possibly be this low? So I think he's going to have some success. But uh, I found the stats that related to your roster. And just to share with some people who aren't going to get the book, hopefully the rest of you guys do look at the book. But last year, you guys spent $280 million on cash for your roster. That was number two most in the NFL. As of June, when I wrote the chapter, you were spending $194 million in cash. Not only is that close to $100 million less, it's the second least in the NFL. You are going from the number two most expensive offense sorry, number two most expensive roster in the NFL to the number two least expensive roster in the NFL in the span of one single off season. Um, And, you know, I I found this shocking and I haven't tweeted it out yet. So I'd love to be able to still get the opportunity to be the first to tweet it. But I still couldn't believe because I went back and checked uh, the the roster sites today to look at whether or not this stat was still true. The most expensive free agent that you guys have signed from a different team is long snapper Matthew Orzek uh, from the Rams on a three-year, three point seven million. I'm not even year. sure you said it like you wanted me to correct you if you were wrong. I don't. I can't even. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce. <laughs> that it. That's, is your that's most what we're expensive, talking about here. Most expensive free agent that you signed from another team is a long snapper. Yeah. So, Ted Thompson um, is down, looking down from heaven and smiling. This team um, absolutely has to get that coaching uh, and and very few mistakes. And trust me, I'm sure you will. But I will also be sitting right there tweeting out when I am seeing some of the glaring errors this season. Hopefully there aren't that many uh, because there are some things that could be buttoned up that shouldn't be repeated from last year that could help improve the odds to win games this upcoming season that aren't that difficult to figure out for the Packers. Hopefully they do it and hopefully they surprise some people this year. But I absolutely think that Jordan Love, um, you know, from what hopefully you're seeing at camp, I mean, are, are, are you still as optimistic as you were when you placed that bet on him to exceed his passing? Oh, I'm, I'm even more optimistic because okay. I did it. I did it after OTAs and, you know, he's, he started by all accounts really strong in camp. And so I, I think people are, really excited. I know in Green Bay, they are really, the coaches, the, the front office people, they are really, really excited about what they have. They, they're they really excited about Jaden Reed and Luke Musgrave, the two rookies. I have said on this show and, and on Twitter that I think Luke Musgrave is going to break the Packers rookie uh, receiving record for tight ends. I think he's going to be um, a, a real part of this offense right away just because of opportunity. Like we talked about this with fantasy football. Opportunity is everything. He's going to get that opportunity. So I love your point about, about coaching. This is the we learn about Matt LaFleur. If Matt LaFleur is as good a coach as it seems like his record says he is, they should be in the playoff mix, right? Right until the end. But that's why the, the first down point, I think, is spot on. I said on the show, keep throwing it on first down. More play action on first down would be great. Then stay aggressive on fourth down. Matt LaFleur has been a good fourth down coach. So keep doing that. Don't, don't do the thing that a lot of coaches do and say, oh, we've got an inexperienced quarterback. We can't push those boundaries on fourth down. No keep you if anything you have to be more aggressive in those situations that's my opinion anyway yeah and and one of the other things too and i wrote about it is that aaron Rodgers was throwing nearly 50 percent of his passes last year through week 10 um within two seconds okay that was the most in the nfl i think that was this no that was the most in the nfl 
The second, the NFL average was 29%. He was at 49%. The next closest Jeez. quarterback was, was Zach Wilson. Okay. Who Zach just wants to get the ball out of his hands. Cause he doesn't know what to do. But even <laughs> Zach Wilson was only throwing uh, passes within two seconds at 39%. Aaron Rodgers was up at 49%, um, nearly 50% of his passes. Um, it was the shortest average time to throw in the NFL last year. Um, he led the NFL in percentage of attempts thrown at or behind the line of scrimmage as well, because that's what happens when you end up throwing it short. Uh, he was the only quarterback by the end of the season out of 33 quarterbacks to throw the football at least 200 times. The only quarterback to throw 35% of his attempts at or behind the line of scrimmage. So he was the lowest in the NFL in that metric. Well, highest percentage in the NFL right. in that metric. Um, and this was just, didn't he also like, lead the, the league in, in deep passes too? This was like the Houston Rockets offense. It was layups and right. three pointers. Exactly. But that's not exactly the way that you want to play football in 2023. What right. you want to be doing in football in 2023 is you do have to balance. And this is a little bit of like the basketball um, analogy that you just presented. You want to balance early down efficiency with which maximizes third down avoidance with some explosive plays, because if you yeah. generate at least one explosive play on a drive of 15 plus yards and just one, you have a ten to- uh, nearly 10 times more likely chance of scoring points on that drive. I think it's wow. like 8.8 or something like that. So the stats to that are in the book as well. But bottom line is you do want to get a little bit explosive, but you don't want to live there. That shouldn't be like your kitchen. That should be like something that you do for dessert. Once in a while on a drive, you take a couple of those, but like that cannot be one of the foundational pieces to your offense. Your offense last year was by these numbers and by what we've talked about on this podcast, listeners should be able to pick up lots of running on first down, lots of passes that are quick and behind the line of scrimmage and then some deep shots. And like that is not an efficient offense in the NFL. You have to work your ass off to figure out a way (laughs) to get Jordan Love into the best positions possible because replicating what you did last year with Aaron Rodgers with Jordan Love this year is absolutely going to cause problems and compound the issues, in my opinion. Um, I like your run game. It's great. Uh, It should be used to support. And then I think like a lot of this is going to come down to how much do they trust Jordan Love at the line of scrimmage to get into the right play such that if they are, if the defense is, playing run and you've got a run call that you can audible to a pass out of that when the box is being stacked. Because I think those are the situations that a young quarterback um, could really take advantage of a lot of defenses. If he's not stuck with that initial play call, I know for a little while Lamar Jackson was being put in those shoes where like what the play call came in, that's kind of what they called. And so they just had to win their blocks and hat on hat. They had to outperform the other team. They couldn't really take of, take advantage of, okay, well, this guy's got man coverage over here because the defense is trying to play the run. We've got single high here. Um, You've got to figure out other ways to adjust at the line of scrimmage and Aaron Rodgers isn't there. And Aaron Rodgers had the ability to do quick hand signal to Devontae and that chemistry. And that wasn't there last year either because Devontae wasn't there, but figure out a way for love and these young wide receivers to get on the same page quickly and give love the opportunity to make some of these audibles and adjustments at the line of scrimmage. Uh, The one thing with so many rules that are pro offense around the NFL now over the course of the last decade plus, 
The one thing that you can give back to the defense to hurt yourself offensively is if you become predictable in any way, shape, or form. Being predictable is the only edge that the defense will have over you. So as long as you give Love the opportunity to stay unpredictable, uh, I think you're going to be fine as long as he, as we mentioned, you know, league average, like he doesn't have to be top 10. He just can't be a disaster. And if he's league average, I think you absolutely will be in contention in the NFC North this year. It, it's so funny because I think if you ask the, the poll, the average Packer fan and said, what was the offense last year? They'd say, well, a lot of running, a lot of passes at the line of scrimmage and a lot of deep shots. That is, that was the offense. And I think we're going to see at least some of those things change here in 2023. Warren, this has been an awesome go find um, the book and follow Warren on Twitter. All those things he, you did a great job promoting yourself. So I don't even have to do it. Thank you so much for coming on. This was great. Thanks, man. Enjoyed it. All right. Thanks to Warren Sharp for joining the show. Great to talk to him. We have more coming up tomorrow. Sam Munson from Pro Football Focus joins me on the show. Then we go live on Saturday after the game, at least for those of you who check us out on our YouTube page. Otherwise, you will get that podcast in your Monday feed as normal. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Wachowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live, like we're going to be on Saturday, you can do that over on our YouTube page. And find me on subtext, Locked on Packers. We're over there hanging out. I'm going to communicate directly with you. Go subscribe. We're going to do it. We're going to have a lot of fun this year on subtext. So you can stay Locked on Packers. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.